Hi everyone, Air here. If you thought this episode was powerful, just like me, I want to invite you to make a difference. Right now, all over the world, there are hundreds of thousands of victims of sexual assault and human trafficking fighting for their lives and fighting for their mental health. We have a nonprofit called Flying With Air Women Survivors that is registered as a 5013C in the state of Florida. We want to donate, we want to give, and we want to support our survivors. This nonprofit is dedicated to partnering survivors of sexual assault and human trafficking with an online therapist. This way they can receive their mental health care that they so need and deserve. Please take a moment and go to flyingwithair.org slash give and make your donation today. Every dollar counts and every dollar makes a difference for a survivor. Thank you. Hey everyone, Air here. I'm so glad that you get to tune in today with our Spirituality and Mindset podcast. I have a special treat today that's a little unusual compared to everything else I've been able to reach out with you guys. So today I actually have my personal instructor for yoga and fitness and someone that may not have all the titles in the world, but brings so much value to my life and I know is going to bring a lot of value to yours. Today I have Camilo, or Tammy for short. So, Tammy, hi, hey, how are you? I'm so glad you're here. First of all, thank you for having me. Honestly, when you came up to me and you told me to like come over to the store and like be on this podcast, I was like, one, dumbfounded. I was like, there's no way this girl wants me to be on her podcast because like usually I'm not like, you know, seeked out because I don't have all those titles and things. But when you really get to know somebody and just genuinely and you see the value that they bring, you mm-hmm. know, and like I see the value in you and I see that value in other students. Just great. Yes. So you've already touched on so many things I want to touch in this podcast and this episode with you. I want to have you actually share it because for me, as someone, especially in Miami, and you know, everyone on the podcast actually knows a little bit more of my story. You don't know anything about me. And the way that we met, I thought was so humbling mm-hmm. for one thing, and then it immediately made me kind of fall in love with you. I love that. So tell everybody, like, if you remember, if not, I'll, you know, I'll tell our love story for us. <laughs> but do you remember, like, our first interaction? I remember that you walk into class. Um, I'm not sure if it was your first class. I don't think it was. I think mm-hmm. it was maybe, like, it wasn't your first rodeo. I know that. But you mm-hmm. definitely had body awareness. And I can tell, like, this chick's got it. <laughs> but I remember I mispronounced your name. And I think in like at one point I called you out by another person's name. Mm-hmm. It was just a big mix up, but I was like, okay, after class, let me talk to her. Let's get, you know, things like straight. And mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, her name is Erin. She's cool. And hopefully she'll keep coming to class. <laughs> hopefully she's not so. <laughs> no, I absolutely loved it because just like you mentioned, the very first time, I think you called me Africa. It was actually <laughs> what you called me. And then I was just like, no way he called me Africa. <laughs> and then second, you called me Tanya which is the person that we actually had on the podcast last week. Um, And I love going to yoga. She gets so much value with you being her instructor as well. 
and fitness, and we'll get way into that because that's exactly what I want to talk about today. But with you doing that, I immediately felt really humbled, and I felt very safe, and I felt like a human. I feel with anybody that has like a platform or anyone that just has like a lot of friends, sometimes they get used to people just knowing who they are, Mm -hmm. and you just straight up called me, you know, like, I don't care what your name is or anything, you're Africa today, and I was like, okay, we'll do that. But right after that moment, that like really human moment with you, I asked you for help. And um, you were just right away quick to like get on the mat, actually do the pose yourself and instruct me through it. And I feel like a lot of instructors I've had in the past, and I've been doing yoga off and on for about seven years. You didn't know that. Mm. But um, I have had a lot of trauma, and we'll get into that in a moment, that's like physically interfered with my practice. But you actually, after class, even though you could have ran away, like some yoga instructors do, right? They like immediately when class is done, they walk out or, you know, like they run away. But you were like, no, I'll get on the floor with you here and I will teach you step by step how to do that pose. And then I made you do it again because I still got it wrong. And then I think at the very end, I just was so exhausted from class that I was just like, this is as close as my body is going to let me get. Yeah. And so with all of that, as far as our introduction, I immediately was like, I love this guy. And when you hear him speak, I know I've been talking pretty much this entire intro, but this man will literally like bring you to your presence, like your present moment in your body, in your mind, in your meditational practice. So tell me first. Like, how did you even start on the yoga journey? I've heard a little bit of your snippets that you couldn't treat, like, reach your toes. Yeah. And when you started, tell me more about that. Of course. So I was actually on the medicine track. So I, you know, started enrolling in college, and I was on track to, like, getting my bachelor's in biology. And I decided to take a hiatus just because it was something that wasn't resonating with me in the moment. Um, there was a lot of things that weren't aligned in mind and in body, and I can feel it. You can see it in your everyday patterns. You can tell whether you're on the right track. And you sometimes, like, if you really pay attention, you'll see signs. You'll see whether, you know, if you are doing something you're supposed to. And in that moment, even though I hadn't started my yoga journey, I felt like the universe was telling me there's something out there better for you rather than being in college and studying, which is a humbling thing to do. Like, being a student is a lot. Being a doctor is a lot. But it was not something that I saw for myself in this life. So I decided to take a hiatus. I got into a lead office job. I was a sales representative, and I like was there for years. And then I decided that it was killing my soul, really. It was just taking like the life out of me. And that's when I started doing yoga. I was like, I need something else in my life to like bring me some life. So if you don't mind, again, if you, it's too personal, just let me know. Um, what was one of those signs that just really told you that you were on the wrong track? Because I feel like... Right now, it's easy for us. We're a little bit more into like our mental health. We're more into our mindset, our presence, to where it's easier for us to pick up signs. Mm-hmm. But for someone that hasn't started yoga or has just heard about it or maybe goes like once in a blue moon, that's three and a half years, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you didn't know that, because the astrology would be coming out. But with that, they might not be as attuned. Mm-hmm. So what is one of those signs that just like told you, I'm on the wrong track? even though I'm not in my spirituality. Yeah. Um, it was all the challenges I was facing. It was like, I was very out of frequency. 
And then you can just tell by the patterns that you build. Um, just to get real deep with you and just vulnerable, I was just suffering from a lot. I was suffering from depression. I was battling an eating disorder. Um, the relationships I was cultivating weren't substantial. They, I wasn't living my life to the fullest extent. I was taking more away from me than I was giving back to myself. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what really brought me to yoga practice, because that's all it is. It's a self-discovery practice. It's about you getting on your mat, having that one-on-one, -on -one, and being tough with yourself, having those uncomfortable conversations, to be quite honest. You're just getting the taste so far. <laughs> I'm like, ah. So, at a frequency, you, you literally were having moments where you're like, this doesn't feel right. My body doesn't feel right. My mind doesn't feel right. And it sounds like you were even having like physical blocks. Mm -hmm. Like you literally couldn't go take that impact or you couldn't you know, go to that class because you just knew it felt wrong on some type of intuitive level. Yeah. So who introduced you? And what was your, if you remember, like I don't even know, how long have you been doing yoga actually? So it's probably going to be four or five years now. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's hard to keep track just because like you'll have those like months like you're on and off and then sometimes you come back to it because mm -hmm. it's sometimes hard to put a time stamp on your practice sometimes you start doing yoga really when you start practicing breath work mm -hmm. and that doesn't even involve physical movement and that's where it really starts that's where yoga starts it's with your breath but I started first doing uh, cycle blocks so I got into cycling first that's how I started building body that's awareness you <laughs> don't understand the breath that like, oh, it's insane but I started building body awareness, but I started creating a spiritual connection to myself. It was like, okay, I have a body, but like, what else am I aside from this body? It's not just this, like there's more to it. And I got out into a yoga studio. Um, I took a class, it was like a little rough around the edges. And then I decided to go uh, on class pass and started going to different things. So I found yoga joint. Mm -hmm. And I took a class there with police. I don't remember her last name. She doesn't teach there anymore, but I just remember that it was a humbling experience. Mm -hmm. It was hard as balls. It was crazy, hard as heck. But I was like, I want more. I want to keep coming back because the masochist. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what I tell myself every single time I step on the mat with you. I was like, I'm a masochist. <laughs> He's gonna talk to me so sweetly, but I'm a masochist. Yeah. So. <laughs> You told me that you couldn't touch your toes in the beginning. Yeah. So was it a humbling experience or for you was it more like a I have to fight through this type of experience? Well, it was exactly that. It's like something I heard in another uh, yoga instructor's class of the day was like, if you want to see change in your life, then you have to start bringing change. And that change sometimes is uncomfortable. You know, sometimes it physically is uncomfortable. It's like me not being able to touch my toes. And in that uncomfort, I found comfort. I was like, I can build into my body. I can get there if I really, really just tap into my strength. And that strength isn't physical, it's all mental. Mm -hmm. And it starts with your breath, it really does. So pretend for a moment that it's my first year. Mm -hmm. And I haven't even like signed up for the membership or, or you know, whatever class pass is like assigned to this yoga studio. I know personally, I must have been to like a dozen different yoga studios, dance studios throughout my lifetime. I have a yeah. little bit older than Cammy. <laughs> um, I'm gonna not let that get in the way that I have a total crush on him. <laughs> but with that, how do you approach somebody when they don't know these words, right? Like we know the jargon of breath work, meditation, presence, breathing into it, breathing out of the moment. My name is Eric. 
right? <laughs> so very first like thing that you tell somebody, like what does that conversation look like whenever they're like, that was really hard. I don't know if I want to do this. Like my friend that, you know, we just talked about, Tanya, she was like, I quit like day one. And I'm like, Tanya, if you want change, you're going to have to come back, right? Yeah. Working out, as far as what I've learned, one of my degrees is in nutrition. You don't know that. Ooh, yeah, I have so much to tell we you. Get in the kitchen together, <laughs> I'm a terrible cook, actually. I'm a great cook. Okay, well then, you know, there match you made in heaven, right there. <laughs> so, with that, she struggled for probably the first ten classes, and I had to kick her ass a little bit. Sorry, I cussed. I told you you couldn't cuss, and here I was just <laughs> like flat out. I um, told her like, no, it's gonna be how you talk to yourself, and it is a really about who's instructing you. So what is your, like, three-minute little spill on, you know, someone who doesn't know the jargon, doesn't know a value just yet? Like, how do you introduce them to that? Yeah, so I actually use a personal experience that has nothing to do with yoga. I think a lot of the time when you start comparing uh, apples to apples, people will be like, okay, they'll tune out. They'll be like, this guy doesn't understand what I'm saying. So I'm like, okay, well, I learned how to ride a bicycle when I was 21 years old, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people learn that when they're kids. Mm -hmm. And... It didn't stop me. I kept falling on my hands, on my wrists. And listen, I'm not a master at it at all. I still can't take sharp turns. I gotta go straight. Mm -hmm. And that's all good. Why? Because it's a progress, not perfection. It's slowly getting there. It's about being mindful of every step you take so that once you get to the top, you can actually enjoy the view and not be like, what's next? Because that's the problem. Once we get on the mat, we understand the breath work, we got it. We understand the postures, we got it. But then what's next? Mm. It's tapping deeper into it, more than just like actually being able to conquer the physical or like the mental. It's about really just tapping into yourself, that essence. Mm -hmm. And I think when you remind yourself of that, you disregard the physical challenges. Um, but you know, sometimes the ego gets in the way and sometimes you really want to do that back then. And it's all good. It's just about moving without any strings attached, to be quite honest. You've seen me try to do that back then. And you've probably <laughs> seen me and like kept it to yourself. And then it's like the arms just won't do it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I've been practicing this for months, but today it's not going to happen. Yeah. So with that, tell me why yoga is even beneficial. Because most people, I'm going to be real again, yeah. they're like, I see the yoga body, right? Mm -hmm. Especially women, you know, my age, maybe even a little bit older, they get into yoga because they want that lean, almost like ballet, like muscle mass. They want that... Um, flexibility for maybe like another time yeah, of course. <laughs> you know they don't get into it because they think it's going to be good for their soul or their mind they get into it purely for aesthetics so outside of the aesthetics because you look great i think yeah. i look great it's so like other than that what are the benefits that you're like other than presence i feel like we might have touched that a little bit yeah. actually let's Check. go deeper Check. like also, yeah let's go deeper yeah. so with that Give me your benefits as yeah. far as what you've seen and then also what you've experienced. Of course. So I think for the most part, everybody steps on the mat for a different reason. But I think as a whole, it does all narrow down to healing. Mm -hmm. It could be physical. It could be mental. It could be energetic, spiritual, right? So for whatever reason you come to the practice, you're basically not just putting a band-aid on it. You're like taking a suture. You're making sure that that wound is properly healing. And really... I think the benefits of it, it's physical, it's clear. You know, people over the years have done research on it. You've seen, like, you know, if you get leaner muscle, you're able to, like, 
maintain stamina, you build endurance, uh, you train lymphatic, you're able to just really cure your body as a whole. I think the science behind yoga is known. I think what we're moving more towards now is the presence, like you were saying, behind it. I think right now, especially after COVID, there was such a big disconnect between like mind and body. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are not being mindful of like, you know, the alterations that they're doing to their body. You know, we see all these different crazy procedures out there. And I think that's what is causing all these other mental problems, all these like, you know, issues that a lot of younger people are facing due to like either body dysmorphia or their, you know, anxiety, any other type of disorder. And that's what usually starts bringing people to the hot room. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all those challenges. And I think, yeah, it's okay if you start showing for the physical part of it. I think that's normal. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I also started coming back because I saw physical change. And that's great. Mm -hmm. But that is just a physical manifestation of your body being aligned with your mind. You know, I think that's what it really comes down to. But listen, you just got to get on your mat and see the benefits yourself. You'll know it when you feel it. I love that you were talking about feeling. And I have this running joke, whether it's a customer in a store or it's someone that I'm coaching, maybe spiritual coaching here at Final Air, that who I am the days I do yoga versus who I am the days I don't do yoga are so incrementally different. And two different people. Two different people. Like Completely. you have like the cookie monster and you have like the in tune, like let's get into it, um, whole space yeah. version of air. And what I particularly noticed, um, I have a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. And again, Cammy knows me from, you know, being the sweaty monster trying to reach that like last little turn or bend mm -hmm. of the back. He doesn't necessarily know me as anything other than that. And that's why I love him to pieces is I had a lot of trauma in my past. I'm a survivor of several different things, but particularly I have a lot of physical traumas from either sexual assaults or human trafficking. So. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know that, or if um, any of our friends didn't share that with you. Boss lady right there. And that's what my whole platform is about. That's what my books are about. That's what my store is about. That's why we're sitting here right now in our little studio. Love so that. with that, I had a lot of physical pain. Yeah. And even like in my right shoulder, I can always pop it a little bit because of, um, I was hit with a crowbar between my uh, C2 to like my, um, I guess, T5. You said you were medical. So like with that, there was a lot of impact. So especially before I started yoga or before I even started aerial, I didn't think I'd ever be physically capable of not being in pain for one, but also to do all of those amazing things that like come with the relief of yoga, mm -hmm. um, certain poses that just you know bring the body and expand the body out and the strength. So I'm watching you know instructors like you, and I'm watching you know we always watch people. What did they say? Because I can't see him and I can't hear him and I'm like, he's over there and I'm like this person's upside down. <laughs> and I'm like, that's always, you know, like the setup right at the end of the day. So you were talking about the healing aspect of yoga. Now, the emotional release, the mind-body connection, and even the mind-body spirit connection, and I'm doing like a little triangle with my hands just so everyone Which knows. Which really is. So with that, I feel like people don't understand, like, the body is just kind of like a puppet. Yeah. Like, it's important, right? Uh, but to get the places where you want to go, um, mentality-wise or you know, physically, to get to that um, 
Name a couple of yoga poses. My mind went completely flat. Tabletop, so. <laughs> cat and cows. Some hard ones. Downward so like, facing dog, a dancer's pose. A dancer's maybe. bridge. Yeah. That was really hard for me. Yeah. Like, especially now, um, to point out the toes, even. like yeah. Because the shoulder, it all goes back to the shoulder strength, right? Mm -hmm. I had to heal one step at a time. And you were part of that. You still are part of that. Because it's a healing journey. Not yeah. I'm just woke up and healed. Until Jesus comes back. You know, the healing journey. Exactly. So with that, it wasn't until unlocking the spirit, as well as the mentality of, oh, actually, I'm going to let you say it, because you said it so beautifully, um, that, yes, you can. And you will. Yeah, so say it for everybody, because I love Yes, you can, it. and yes, you will. That's the attitude. I love Always. it. It's a mantra for a lifetime. Because that's really what it is. If you want to change your physicality, if you want to start creating space in those spaces where you feel tight, you have to change your mentality. It's just a fact. Like, that's what we talk about mind and body alignment, so that your spirit, or what people call it essence, your soul, whatever you refer to it as, mm -hmm. can actually settle in. That's where people start to tap into that higher subconscious. And, you know, you see all these successful people, and if, you know, you follow people on Instagram, like spiritual healers, or really just anything in the yoga world, you're going to notice that a lot of people over time start to be successful. It's not for the mere fact of them being successful or putting in work. It's because they're in alignment with a higher self. Mm. It's moving forward into like their actual purpose. And I think that's what you start tapping into when you start doing yoga. You start to see that your purpose lies outside of your titles, your obligations, all the hats you wear. It's really like, who are you at your core and why are you here? Mm. It's like the moon side. Mm. That sounds like. Yeah. So let's... You know, it's going to be later today because I have a yoga class with him later today. Um, I have this ongoing narrative in my mind of everything I need to get done. And my friends, my family, my customers, they're like, do you ever sleep for one thing? Because mm -hmm. I'm always go, go, go. I have this, um, even this joke with one of my employees that she's like, you always do 17 things at once. Like, how do you do it? How do you shut it off? How do you, like, compartmentalize? all of these different tasks. And I tell her, like, unless I go and I take meditation, I sit down and there's an app that I love called 2%, or I go and I you know, go to a yoga class, or even a fit class, right? Like, it doesn't always have to be yoga. It can always be fit as well. Movement is helpful. So how do you quickly, and you do it so quickly, I'll even let you walk us through it. Mm -hmm. Take someone like me. You know, let's say it's an evening class like today. It's 5.30, right? Like, how do you take someone that's been having all of this stress, right? Like, in responsibilities and tasks, and they could be a mother, they could be, you know, a business owner, they could be anybody, right? And put them in the moment real quick. Like, walk me almost like you walk me through during the class. Of course. Let's get into it. So, first and foremost, what you have to start doing is you have to treat your mat like an electrical socket, right? We're all go, 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 do, 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 want more, be more. But when we start to want to plug back into ourselves, we look at that socket and notice there's no space for it to plug back in. That's where we start to feel drained at the end of our day because we haven't filled our tank. So when you step on your mat, you got to start unplugging everything so that you can let that weight fall off your shoulders. That feels lighter. You're able to melt into the mat. You're able to notice how your body feels. You bring validity into those emotions. You start to really take the cap off and just let it out. And that can be in many ways. It can be physically, emotionally, but 
as you're honing in, you really have to take a deep inhale, create that space, and then as you exhale, just settle in slowly, gently, just without expectations, because as you're moving, you're just walking through doors that are open. Don't focus on doors that are shut. Just because, like, your body's capable of so many things. You're able to walk, you're able to breathe, bend over, reach something. And then we get into the hot room, we see all these hard tasks, and then we get discouraged. But the idea is that you can do so much already. Everything else is just a cherry. Mm. I feel like we could end there if we wanted to. <laughs> I like it so much. How do you think the body talks to you? Because it sounds so beautiful, right? And it sounds so poetic when you say it. Yeah. And, but when you're in the moment, you're like, I feel like we tell our bodies what to do, but we don't always listen to what our body tells us. So yeah. how do you think the body talks to you? Um, in the way you store tightness, tension, really, when you step on your mat, you automatically know like where your body is not feeling. You can just feel it. Maybe it's like a pin and needle sensation in a shoulder. Maybe it's like a tightness in the lower back. Maybe it's just your side body tight. So that through sensation, that's what you use as a guide as you're moving. Because yoga every day is different. You know, your body's going to show up different. Because your lifestyle is different every day. You don't do the same things every day. I mean, we can have a routine, but for the most part, we got to cater to our body as we move day by day to build something sustainable. So as you're allowing sensation to guide you, that's really all you can ask for so that you're not really pulling on anything, yanking on anything. You're just slowly, intentionally releasing. Do you think all of those sensations are always negative? Like the pin and needle, the like the inflammation, the stretch, like the pain. Yeah. Like, I feel like there might be more to that. Like it's not always going to be your body saying, I'm in pain. No, but... not at all. There's definitely like moments where you find that release. Especially like I find the release a lot when I twist my middle upper back. Right? So sometimes you really will feel that space open up. You will feel that like vertebrae slide into its place. You will feel, you know, maybe even your breath breathe like more oxygen into a certain part of your body and you feel lighter. So I think it's just a journey of self-discovery when it comes to that, those sensations. Because, you know, sensations are subjective. To some people, something might feel good. To others, something might not feel good. Mm -hmm. So it's really about you exploring that, dipping your toe in before you jump in. How do you think that crosses over into like meditation practice? Because mm. I feel like it's so close there, but we haven't quite crossed the bridge from yeah. yoga to meditation. Yeah, um, I think for meditation, quite honestly, there are different forms. You know, the, what we do in the yoga studio, um, our vinyasa flow, that in itself is meditation. It's just considered movement meditation. Mm. You know, people sit down, they do breath work with meditation, sometimes People count mala beads for meditation. They chant mantras, very old school. Um, there are many different ways to start meditating, to start bringing that presence in. But really, for me, even my own personal meditation practice is a challenge. Reason being, I think we're surrounded by so much noise pollution that it's sometimes very hard to quiet the mind. But that's the challenge in it, and that's the journey as well. It's about taking those small seconds in your breath, on your inhale, Noticing how you can hold it for a minute and then slowly letting it go. You know, maybe notice your breath pattern. Is it like getting deeper? Is it getting longer, more expansive? Are you finding that space? Are you properly settling into it? It's really, again, showing out without expectations. Just because meditation in itself, conquering the body is one thing, conquering the mind is a whole nother beast, mm -hmm. you know?
is a whole other monster. Just because you have that trauma from your past that's outside of physical. Like, it's very hard to sometimes reel the mind in, right? Especially when you're moving, you're breathing, you're sweating. Like, your mind is going in so many different directions. And that's where the meditation practice comes in. How can you start to find the space between the stimuli and the response? I have this mantra that this whole entire year, I am releasing expectations mm -hmm. and I'm accepting invitations. Period. That's been on my mind for weeks, like in that. And it's actually helped me a lot. And I like that you said physical meditation, like movement meditation, yeah. I think was actually that double M. So movement meditation. I feel that a lot of people that are battling different types of mental, like anxiety, but more importantly, or differently, not importantly, but differently, is like ADHD or yes. people that have a very, um, how do you say, it? up and down, like I have mood swings yeah. and my mood signs are high. So I come with mood swings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so with that, I am more present in conversations like this after doing a practice um, because of that movement. But I also have realized that if I'm going to post, um, you particularly have helped me get better at Birds of Paradise, mm -hmm. which is actually, maybe you're better at explaining what that looks like. Um, I guess you're standing on one leg, and then you have your arms. You explain the pose, and I'll go. I got you. That. No worries. <laughs> this is my field. Basically, you are taking a bind under, it can be either hamstring, so that you can start to stand on the other leg. Imagine like you or other leg is hanging like a candy cane and eventually you can start to lengthen the leg and that's your bird of paradise. It's supposed to look like the flower itself, but very, very shaky resemblance. This whole time it was supposed to be a flower? Yeah, birds of paradise is a flower. Oh my goodness, I learned something new today. Yeah, look so, it up. It's actually a very exotic looking flower. I will. I'll probably put it in the show notes. Ooh. I'll put a picture of the birds of paradise. I have a thing. Anything that's related to air, or mm -hmm. flying, birds, yeah. butterflies, yeah. fairies, they tend to be around me. Like, probably count the butterflies in this room, there's like five. But now he's looking. <laughs> <laughs> and so I always thought, I was like, maybe there's this bird called the bird of paradise. Because there's also poses like the flamingo, and there's yeah. poses, you know, um, there's the airplane pose. There's so many different ones. But I know for a fact, I'll reel myself back in here, that if I'm in that pose, and I'm not completely present, that's when it's blocked. Yep. And with someone that has a mind, it might be my Gemini son. Evidently, this is an astrology episode too today, <laughs> is I go in so many different directions, and I almost have to have a Virgo, which Tammy is a Virgo, guys. Grounding so, energy here. <laughs> Grounding energy here. He kind of brings you back to place um, where I have to have a home front where I fall. So can you maybe explain a little bit to maybe people that have children on the podcast or someone that has a mind a little bit more like mine on how it's going to help you outside of the class or outside of the session? Of course. So one thing that I can mention just back to the yoga practice. So we use sometimes what's called the tadiski. It's a focal point. Just picture like a dot. Can you say that word again? Tadiski. 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 Okay. Yeah, I think there's an H and then an R somewhere in between which gives it that sound, I would Google it, perhaps. <laughs> but it's almost like you're finding a focal point, some, something that's not moving at all. It could be a light on the ceiling, it could be the ceiling fan, it could be your block, something that's not moving, not you or your neighbor. Um, and that finds 
internal balance, right? That helps yeah. you steady the mind, steady your focus, your mind is like, okay, I can focus on one thing. That starts to physically manifest in your body. Your body starts to loosen up. You start to feel the right foot. Let's say the right foot is flat on the floor as you're standing on the right foot. Mm-hmm. It starts to like become more flat. Your right knee maybe starts to bend a little softer. Your right quad firms up. Your glutes are hooked in. So like when you start to focus in on just one thing, you start to really, really tap into that connection. Mm-hmm. And essentially, as you're moving forward, you notice that you're targeting not just right and left side of your brain sometimes, it's both as you're balancing. Mm-hmm. And that's where the change in mentality comes in. Because you're like, I can balance, like I'm terrible at balancing. But if you really focus and you balance, you can. Like it's possible. It's again mentality. But that's the thing with everything in life, you know, like I think we're just used to multitasking. We're just used to go, go, go. Like, especially for moms out there, like you're in your car texting the soccer like yeah, ex- that, that's a bad example. But regardless, we're just doing they a do lot it of things. Yeah. yeah. Like you're trying to handle the kids, you're trying to handle like dinner, you're trying to handle all that. Like your mind is spread out in so many different directions. So that when you step into the hot room and we ask you to stay still, it's the hardest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes the one thing that you probably can't do. Just because like your mind is used to go, go, go all the time. And that's where it really starts. It's with you quieting the mind so that your body can fall into place. And just correlate to the other aspects. Yeah, exactly. And be more present with your kids, I would exactly. imagine. There you go. <laughs> so there's like, you your instant you know, yoga medicine is be more present. Yeah. So the hot room. What is that for people? Like, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. I know what it is. But, like, what exactly counts as a hot room? Because I've had people say, like, it was, like, 150 degrees in there, like, Fahrenheit. And I'm like, did you die? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not really that hot comparatively, mm-hmm. right? It's also another mind game. Um, listen, we live in Florida, so we're used to the heat. Mm-hmm. So I think for the most part, a lot of people don't find a challenge. I think where we find a challenge is, like, when you're moving, breathing, and in a hot room, right? Because mm-hmm. we've all been in a sauna. Well, not all of us, but some people have been in saunas, you know. But the hot room itself, uh, where we work, at, where I work, is at Yoga Joints, and it's infrared heat. The reason we use that is to penetrate the deep tissue fibers so that we can start to open up the body a bit quicker, we can start to move a little quicker. Which is a so right spot. Exactly. But I feel it, like Yoga Joints should sponsor this episode because we've mentioned it a lot. <laughs> just say honestly but it also just helps with detox you know it releases and like endorphins it just really is just a cherry on top um i personally just feel spoiled at this point i feel like when i do a yoga class that's not in a hot room it doesn't feel the same just because like the heat does open you up a lot quicker and you'll notice that way if you practice outside and inside of the hot room um so that's one thing to keep in mind with the heat but it's like, it's realistically, benefits. it's like 97 degrees Fahrenheit? Yeah, it's between like 97, it can get up to 99. Uh, if it gets to 100, that's when we usually like, you know, try to open the doors, or like turn on ceiling <laughs> fans. <laughs> Just because like, we don't want to make the experience an uncomfortable experience. We want to challenge you, we want to get you to like, you know, test those boundaries, but never break your limits. That's mm-hmm. not the idea of yoga. The idea is to like, start challenging the body so that you get comfortable with the uncomfortable, you know? Are all forms of yoga, because there's several different types of yoga. So many, so many. Is there certain ones that are only for the hot room, or is it any version of yoga can be in the hot room? I think right now the most popular style of yoga that's in the hot room is vinyasa. Uh, There's definitely other styles, like hatha, you know, people do 
used to do restorative yoga, like again-based yoga, in the hot room as well. I really like that one too. I know, I do too. I want to start doing some personal ones outside of the studio, but mm -hmm. we'll get into that another time. <laughs> and yeah, you can do really anything in the hot room if it makes sense. But if it's more of a restorative practice, if you're really just focusing on breath work, meditation, I don't see the added benefit of having the heat. Mm -hmm. um, it would just be like something extra. It just makes more sense for vinyasa, which is a more active style of yoga. I guess I have a little bit of a personal question now about the mm -hmm. practice. Um, and maybe it relates. Like, if somebody's a little bit further on their journey, like, I'll even say like eight months into it, it's good mm -hmm. enough to be like further into um, a physical practice, not the spiritual practice side. Physical is when I'm in the hot room, it gets me there faster, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I am sweating in our warm type of like get you there fast and I'm a very healthy person overall I don't have any heart conditions I don't have any um, like super bad habits that impede like my breathing anything of that nature yeah so I would say that like for certain people it's not the best fit but also I've been told for like elderly as well it's not always like the better fit as compared to being out of the house now I have noticed, uh, you've probably seen on my Instagram, <laughs> I like to do random poses in <laughs> random places. <laughs> I'm like, look, that looks like a tree I can balance off of. And with that, when I'm outside the room, I do feel like I have a little bit more physical strength, but I can't go as far as far as like the stretch. Do you have that same type of like feeling or have you heard that before? Yeah, I know that's very, very common. It's because your body's compensating for a lot of other factors inside of the hot room, you know? Not only are you in a hot room, but if there's, you know, a good chunk of people in there, then it's going to be pretty humid. The mm -hmm. oxygen level is going to be lower. It's going to be harder for you to breathe. Like, that's completely, completely normal. And it is okay to be, like, stronger outside of the hot room, just because, like, your muscles are not, like, being worked on back to back to back to back to back. Um, especially the style of yoga that we, like, that we do, we move pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, there are some that, you know, move a lot slower, which is more beneficial for, you know, like older people, you know, maybe holding postures for others can be more beneficial than moving through a fast flow. Mm -hmm. It really just depends on like what kind of lifestyle you have, how you want to cater, add to it. Um, but your practice is personal. It's really what you want it to be. And we say that on the mat all the time. Like we have a sequence that we follow, that we instruct you to like, we get it done. And whoever can do everything, amazing, that's great. But if there are times where you have to take a step back because it's just asking too much of your body and it's taking away from your experience, like you're just like, oh, this is just too much. Mm -hmm. This is annoying. I don't want to move my body. Then like you're taking the intention out of it. You know, you're here to celebrate that you can move, that you can breathe, that you're alive. That's why we do yoga. Mm -hmm. I feel. There's times where I actually cry. I yeah. think not this last class I had with you, but I physically... Actually, it wasn't a class with you. So somebody, it was a different instructor. Yeah. And I think it was the playlist, to be honest with you, because it, it triggered me in a way that it was like a romantic song that I had had in a previous relationship. And I just started bawling. And it, honestly, like this has been such a long time since I was with that person that I didn't think I still was holding on to that. But the body was still holding on to that. And I started crying in child pose for probably about six minutes. And I'm sure people were like, oh, she's just lazy. <laughs> but I was just like, I didn't care. And I was just silently crying. And I feel like those moments that we have that the body gets talked back, right? And the mind's talking back. And it's a perfect synergy. But you don't get there unless you're present, unless you're with the breath. 
because the only thing that brought me back to be able to finish a class was breathing. I was like, okay, channel my inner Kenny. <laughs> breathe through it, breathe through it. So, okay, before I want to celebrate you, because I 100% want to celebrate you, I want to bring up the fact that you're not just a yoga instructor, you're also a fitness instructor. Correct. And I have found that even though I love yoga and that's where my heart is, that I've found like great value as well in like the fitness and the hit and like fit classes that are provided. Why is it important to also have those for your physical and your mental health correlate? Because not every type of studio does that. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I think the best way to put it is uh, health is wealth and movement is medicine. Right? That's the best way to put it. I think any type of movement that you integrate into your life, even if it's like a 30-minute stroll around the lake that you live, right? that's totally fine. You start somewhere. That eventually can turn into a marathon, into a sprint. You never know unless you start. And that's the same thing with the yoga practice. Um, do the weights actually help you become stronger, like correlate, or do you think they're really just separate as far as like the type you say that? Let's say that I'm just after the best body, right? Yeah. Like that's, you know, I want the six pack, I want the lean legs, I want the toned arms. For me, it's my arms. Yeah. It'll be very vulnerable. Is, yeah. It is easy for me to lose weight in my legs, in my waist. My waist conveniently is in the first place, which mm -hmm. I know a lot of people would yeah. kill to have that. Yeah. But for me, it's been my arms my whole life. Mm -hmm. So is it fit mostly about just the aesthetic and, you know, some movement, right? You're better have the cardio. You yeah. make me do a lot of jumping jacks. Yeah, we love a good <laughs> cardio. We love a good cardio. Does that like bridge over to yoga, or do you think they're just really different practices? Yeah, no. I mean, they definitely have a, a strong connection. The fit that we teach at the studio is founded on yoga. But the most important part about how we do it is just like the slow contractions and the slow movements sometimes. It's important to have those cardio booths where we're moving a lot, jumping jacks, like mountain climbers, because that's like just release in general. That's your body just flushing everything out, all the toxins. That's why we do all those like, you know, three minute like pushes that feel like intense. Mm -hmm. But with the weight themselves, as you're adding weight to your body, you're also fighting gravity, you're fighting your own body weight. So as a cell, you are building strength. Mm -hmm. um, the most important part is how you're carrying the weight, right? Because like, I think a lot of people start lifting or they start getting involved in like, exercise and they're not focusing on their alignment on their form they kind of let the ego get in the way because like oh it's not like looking great but it's really not about that because sometimes the exercise doesn't have to look the way it's supposed to sometimes you gotta adjust for your body mm -hmm. so and the band too i made a mistake yesterday i grabbed a black band ooh, did you see that ooh. i did not mean to what happened is somebody put blue. a black band where the blue bands go and you can actually do the order for me like the black band is like it's tightest, but I think it goes, I'm not even going to think. What's the order of the band? So it's yellow, and then we got green, and then blue, and then black, and then red is where Beast Mode is at. So I grabbed the black one on accident. I did not think I was ready for it, but it, by the time I noticed, I was like, the class is already too far in. I can't, you know, like, go back and get it. But I feel like the weight, the bands, even the towels, they're mm -hmm. all tools, and the blocks yeah. during yoga. And I just really want to highlight the fact that all of these tools, especially the blocks, are important no matter what level you're at. Correct. And there's times where I thought I could do something without a block, 
one day, and then there's times where if I didn't have to block, I'm going to fall straight on my face. Yeah. And so, um, so I definitely want to highlight that because a lot of people feel like blocks are like crutches or they feel like weaker than because they grab for blocks. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the opposite. I feel like all the best yogis know that like the blocks come to the mat. Yeah. So. All right. So you, you do fitness instruction. Do you do that privately as well or just do yoga? Yeah, no, I do everything as a, as a whole, um, outside and inside of the, the studio. Um, I started doing uh, yoga privates more so once I got settled into my, uh, you know, personal teaching mm-hmm. practice. Um, but I'm doing that now as, as uh, alongside fitness, just because people like either one or the other. Sometimes people like both. Mm-hmm. Um, there is sometimes a cool way to integrate both of them, like light weights in a yoga session. Yeah. Uh, some people like to call it like power yoga and things like that. But some people like that. They'll they'll ask you about it. Um, there's many different things you can do in a private to integrate like both yoga and fitness. It doesn't have to be just a yoga class. Like it's really whatever you're looking to get into. That's so what I tell my clients. How do we find you? Like so, I know where to find you. You're mine. Like, but you know, if I want to share, of course, of course. I, I mean, we gotta just spread the love, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Yogi from the Block. It's like Jenny from the Block, but just Yoga Edition. Now I'm gonna stop you though. Because that's exactly what he told me. And I struggled because yogi sometimes is spelled Y-O-G-I-E. And yeah. then sometimes it's spelled Y-O-G-I. And then I think there's other like spellings as well. So spell it out for us. Because yeah. I didn't point. find it the first time. No, good point. It is Y-O-G-I from the block. Block as in the tool you use in the class. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. I wish I would have known in the beginning. Because I was like, I feel like I'm trying to stop this guy. So we can find you on Instagram. So, and then I'm also doing private lessons. Um, For the most part, people reach out to me on Instagram for privates. That's where I do all my stuff. Um, I'm trying to set up a website eventually, and I will be sharing that on my Instagram. If Yoga Joint sponsored this episode, we're going to become the sponsor of your website, right? (laughs) So, like, whatever studio wants to come on and talk about yoga, just let us know. We are accepting sponsors. So... It has been such a pleasure and a blessing, family. I knew from the moment that you know this came to my mind, and it, I have what's called like downloads, especially yeah. during vinyasa or um, during uh, shavasana. Shavasana, there you go. To say these words is hard, guys. Like, <laughs> I've had experience, and I still get them. Um, I have like what you know downloads or like just these thoughts, and I'm like, I want him in my chair. So like, I'm just so glad that you decided to say yes. Listen, I'm so humbled and honored to be here. It's just amazing to get to talk about what we do with other people that might not know about it. Just because, like, the more you know, the more information you have access to, the more options you have, the more choices you can make, especially when it comes to yourself. Like, you should always be choosing yourself. That's what yoga is for. I'm going to do something different from the other episodes. Instead of closing out from me today, I want you to close us out as if you closed us out in the yoga session. I love that. I really, really like that. Um, so wherever you are, maybe you find a comfortable, quiet space. Maybe close your eyes. I like to sometimes bring one hand on the belly, one hand on the heart. That way you start to build into your courage, your willpower, and you start to notice your breath. Close the eyes. Take a deep inhale through the nose. Let the chest expand. Let the belly rise. Hold the breath. Take one more sip. Let the chest feel tighter. And then as you exhale loudly, just let everything go and release it. 
Go on to the next sponsor to watch.